0: Hi, my name's Izzy. Welcome to Lowercase Sober Part 2. If you're new to the podcast, I define Lowercase Sober personally as meaning I'm sober, but not capital S sober. I don't drink, but I'm not in recovery or rehab, and I'm not an addict. I think this distinction is important, and I'll make it at the top of every episode. In Part 1 of Lowercase Sober, I talked about my relationship to alcohol, especially being in my 20s. In Part 2, I'm interviewing other people about their relationship to alcohol. Each guest in part two was asked some of the questions I asked myself when I was developing part one, and I'm really excited to share their thoughts with you. This episode, our discussion is with someone who doesn't drink anymore. We also discuss hooking up while drunk and changing diets due to health-related stuff. So if those are topics you are sensitive to, please use discretion while listening to this episode. A quick reminder, the podcast does have a Patreon where you can find fun perks like early access to episodes all for the cost of a cup of coffee a month or two or three. If you're interested in supporting the podcast, check it out at patreon.com forward slash lowercase sober. Without further ado, our guest today is
1: Chanel. Um, I'm Chanel Larios. Uh, my pronouns are she, her, and they, them. I use them kind of interchangeably. I'm from New York, specifically East Harlem, and I'm a production coordinator for a VFX company.
0: What identifier do you use for your relationship to alcohol?
1: I think that identifier I most use right now is sober curious. And sober curious to you, what does that mean? I think for me it means I am like weirdly considering being like strictly sober. I've sort of been like juggling around the idea of it. Just because I don't actually I think in the last few months I don't I haven't been drinking often. I'm like, why do I even need this thing? So I think I'm getting a little closer to being sober.
0: Nobody's said that they they identify as sober curious before, so I was just curious about your your definition of it. That was a identifier that I considered using for a really long time. There's like a really good book called Sober Curious.
1: Oh, crazy. Yeah. I saw an article about it weirdly. And then I was like, oh, wait, I think this is where I've been for like the past year. <laughs> just because I'm like, wait, I wanna be sober, but like I don't know. Like I'm weirdly like on this like strange fence where I'm like almost there, but not really it's yeah
0: it's it's interesting there's a lot of that discourse with very very specifically like our generation yeah people very much in our age group are like how do I describe redefining my relationship to alcohol
1: yeah and then I think there's also this like weird sort of like with the word sober I feel like people connect it to like maybe like a bad past or like having this bad history with alcohol And like then wanting to be in this state of recovery when like for me I'm like, oh no, I actually like don't think I have a super bad relationship with alcohol. If anything, it's like bad to me physically. I just don't like (laughs) how like it makes my stomach feel. So I think sometimes I'm like, oh, I want to call myself sober, but like what does it mean for me? What does it mean for other people? If I tell people I'm sober, will it then make them think I like think different things about me? But yeah, it's strange.
0: Yeah, the crazy thing about when people now because I'm very publicly like not drinking because I have this podcast and I like advertise it. I've had people come up to me and ask me like what recovery program I was in. Exactly. Like people who've known me for years will be like, what recovery are you? Like, are you an AA? And I'm like, you've never known me to have a problem with alcohol, but you heard the word sober and you're like, oh.
1: I think that's part of why like, I like part, I, I think for the last like, maybe like three or so months, I've been wanting to just say, oh, I'm sober. But yeah, I feel like I've been seeing that sort of connection that people are making. And I'm like, oh, well, I don't want you to think that I have this really bad history that I'm trying to get over or that like, I'm triggered by you having a drink in front of me or it's really strange.
0: Yeah, and that was a lot of the stigma I had to like, kind of fight through when I so I'd, like, go to parties and I'd avoid that, the S word as much as possible.
1: <clears throat> that's what it feels like.
0: Yeah. And then people would be like, oh, like, you don't drink? Oh, my God. Are you okay?
1: Um, that's why I think it's it's just – it leads to this, like, really, like, unnecessary, like, awkward conversation sometimes. And, like, I was even in, like – uh I was in a Zoom call with, like, my coworkers the other day. And, like, there was a bottle of olive oil behind me. on like the kitchen counter and then someone was like oh Chanel is that a bottle of Kahlua and I was like no that's olive oil I was like this is a sober household and then like everyone got quiet and I was like I was like guys I'm just saying that's not fucking Kahlua like
0: (laughs) (laughs) the weird like awkwardness also was such a disservice to people who like actually are going through Like the hard work of recovery. Exactly. Every time somebody's like oh you don't drink oh my god and they're like no 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 I've got a handle on it like I am dealing with it like you don't have to deal with it.
1: Exactly that's why I'm just like just let people like people say sober to me and I'm like okay that can mean like a thousand and one things but I could see it happen with so many other people where I'm like oh like you're thinking about this how like you see it in the movies like (laughs) you think it means someone's like in this like really tough like recovery moment and like if it is like don't fucking put them on blast either and then suddenly be like so when was the last time you had a drink like yeah like, dude no need
0: perfect segue
1: to the next question <laughs> <laughs> what was the last drink that you had so the last drink I had I can remember the date only because of the coronavirus quarantine. Um, So it was March 10th, and I was headed to the Immigrant Bar in St. Mark's. It's like a little, like, it feels a little bit bougie for, like, no reason. Like, it's very cut and dry. You go in, there are chairs, nothing else. And it was just, like, a random meetup between me and my friend Adrian, and we just don't see each other consistently. I think we're sort of those pals that, like, reconnect every like six months to like a year and then suddenly when we meet up it's like everything is normal again and he was like hey like let's go catch up over like a glass of wine and i was super into it but i had also like had like a really like shitty day at work and i had also overbooked myself which i have a habit of doing because i'll just make a plan to like see this friend from like 7 to 8.30 and then go cross town and meet this other friend from 9 to 10.30. I don't know why I do that, but I had planned to see him. But I also knew that afterwards, I was gonna be meeting one of my like girlfriend's like college friends for the first time. So I was sort of like, okay, like, I'm only gonna go and have like one drink with Adrian. And when I met up with him, we were both sort of like sitting there awkwardly and I think this was the beginning of when like all conversations became about the coronavirus and like we were just sitting there and we were like, so like this quarantine going to happen. <laughs> and It was just so strange because you could tell that the quarantine was like slowly starting to become a thing around the city and everyone was trying to sit like a table apart from each other. I end up realizing that I haven't seen him in like a year and In that year, I had been in a relationship, and the relationship had also ended, (laughs) so then he was just like, wait, are you still with that one girl, Sam? And I'm like, no. (laughs) (laughs) And this happens when... This waiter comes over to us and I had basically set for myself. I like to like go into, and I, I, maybe this is just me like sort of getting into the sober curious sort of identity where I, I've been like setting like a limit for myself when I go into like alcohol related hangs. So I basically in the morning was like, okay, I know I'm going to see Adrian later. I only want to have one drink tonight. So when we got there. I was like set on the one drink. But I then realize I have to have a conversation about like one of the most awkward breakups of my life. And he's like, So, do you want to share a bottle of wine? (laughs) And I'm like, Yeah. And I like totally agree to like split this red wine with him, which didn't even taste very good and ended up costing me, I think like forty five dollars plus tip. It was so pricey. It was a huge thing of wine. I think we got, like, I definitely got, like, three glasses out of it. So, like, clearly went over my limit. Yeah, this was my last drink. And I had basically spent the next hour filling him in on a breakup that happened that, like, stemmed around, like, racism and maturity. And, like, for me as, like, a person of color, like, I basically... Long story short, I basically like dated someone for like nine months, basically like six months in. She like makes a a weird note to me about like Black Lives Matter and how she doesn't really understand it. And she's white. I thought I was going to lose my shit (laughs) and just totally explode on her. And I ended up sort of like taking like a teacher approach. And maybe a month later. So basically talking about this breakup always makes you really uncomfortable. So, <laughs> but I like talking about it because it makes me work through what happened. But I, th- I'm basically like slowly downing this line as I'm telling him the story. So we get to the good part, which is when I felt like I was in like the Twilight Zone, because I basically get invited by my ex, Sam, and mind you, there are like a thousand lesbians named Sam, so I don't even care about using her name, <laughs> but um, <laughs> we end up, uh, she invites me to Cape Cod with her family, and I go to Cape Cod with them. Little sidetrack: um, her sister is dating this amazing guy, he's also a person of color, and he's not on the trip with us. But basically, we're all sitting around a table in a beach house in Cape Cod. And her mom just suddenly starts, like, making these sort of, like, comments about his physical appearance and saying how his features are different than ours. And she basically just drops this term that is, like, stemmed in eugenics (laughs) and that I haven't seen since, like, a medical textbook written in like the 1920s and I don't go off on her because I want to be respectful of my partner's mom but I basically have this like internal freak out. I feel like I'm in get out and I want to leave (laughs) but I'm in Cape Cod, I don't drive. It ends up leading to a lot of conversations about race with my partner and we basically end up realizing that we don't have the same ideas of it where she doesn't believe that People of color are like the most oppressed people. It felt like we were like playing the Oppression Olympics every day. And I was like, if you really wanna play, I'll win, but like, I don't wanna play. And (laughs) it ended up leading to this huge, basically, like a month after this Cape Cod trip, her mom goes on this huge attack on me. And she doesn't like do anything physically, but she basically like calls me Caucasian because my i'm like light-skinned and because she doesn't see me as a person of color so she starts like identifying me which i thought was super fucked up and she basically talks to me about how she should be allowed to use any variation of the n-word because those aren't offensive terms anymore and she tells me that racism is liberal propaganda to try to get people to believe that racism is a thing, but that it's all fabricated. And also tells me that I'm a liberal snowflake. And she accused me of being oh, manipulative because she said that she thought I was getting her daughter to be a quote unquote radical thinker. <laughs> I'm like,
0: okay, you can't see it right now, but my jaw literally
1: hit the floor. It was so crazy. And I was like, no, actually, and I was really respectful because I also, like, you know, when you realize that someone has a different opinion like that of you, either you can totally go off on them, or you have to just, like, realize, like, this person thinks that way. I'm not going to do, like, I can't do anything to change that in this conversation. So I basically the entire time she went on this racist rant, I think it was like an hour long. I was live texting a group of friends during the whole thing. During this whole time, she just basically just goes off on me. I'm not saying anything to her. And just at the end, I'm like, hey, just so you know, like, I don't identify as Caucasian. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Also, if you want to say that you have the freedom to say any of what you've said tonight, then I can also say that I have the freedom to react to the things that you're saying to me. So, great. I'm happy that we both feel like we have freedom of speech, because you have that, the same way I have that. But this basically led to my breakup because my ex like didn't see this moment as like a really big thing at all. She like the next day was just like, so are you like ready to forgive my mom? And I was like hard fucking now. If anything your mom should be fucking like apologizing to me, but her mom doesn't see it as a problem at all. Mm. Also really weird thing, her mom was my dentist. Really strange thing. So it also like weirdly fucked me up because I'm like I let this woman like do surgery on my mouth. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I'm like this this woman has literally been inside my teeth. Yeah, and, like, my partner at the time was, like, 22 years old, but, like, wasn't seeing the implications of anything her mom said to me. She even shared with me the fun fact um, that I literally almost ripped her a new asshole for. Because she's like, you know, like, I know, I don't think my mom means those terms the way she says it. But she also did tell me that, like, it's harder to pull teeth from people of color. And I was like, what the fuck? What? The, what? <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, so... I, knew, I knew like the
0: basic information about this.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah. I, at first I was like trying to go this route where like I wasn't gonna tell people about details of our breakup because I was sort of like, I don't want people to know that like you're racist or like I don't want people to like treat you differently, but it sort of made me realize Because I think I am someone that, like, carries myself in a way where I feel like I make my identities clear for people. And I make it clear that those identities are important to me, like me being queer, me being Latinx. I feel like I'm very loud about those things. So it made me realize that, like, when I reflect on our relationship, any conversation that got kind of towards race, she would kind of, like, skirt around them or, like, find some way to, like, get out of them. And basically, this moment with her mom forced me to realize, like, oh, fuck, like, you think some of that, too. You learned from that. And, like, you never unlearned that. Because I think, you know, all, for, all, for everyone, there's a level of unlearning that you have to do from, like, stereotypes that you've learned throughout your, like, young life. But for her, she had, like, never put that work in. And then was basically, and in the beginning, I sort of took this approach where I was like, I want to teach her, at least after the cake cop thing, I was like, oh, I want her to know like why that moment with her mom really fucked me up. Um, But even in that moment, her mom like dropped the N-word and she was like, oh, well, like, like she wasn't even phased by it. And I was like, dude, what the fuck? (laughs) You you should be phased by this. And she was like, oh, well, like, I don't know why you're so affected by it. Like no Mm -hmm. one's ever used that word against you. And I was like, listen, uh, mind you, I knew I was not going to have kids with this person. (laughs) But I was like, 20 years from now, if we have a kid and someone looks at our kid and says, oh, that's a spick. Like, what are you going to do about it? That word's never been used against you. So what are you going to do? Then she sort of like was trying to get it. But basically, like once it got close and it was about her mom and I was like, hey, I don't agree with this person. I don't like how this person spoke to me. She like couldn't separate it. So I had like 3 glasses of wine. <laughs> because I was like I deserve this. Shit. <laughs> yeah. I was like I need <laughs> I need wine to like work my way through that like conversation because it's also like sometimes I have trouble processing that it actually happened to me in the year like 2020. <laughs> yeah (laughs) and that that was like an actual like end to a relationship because my partner like didn't see race the same way I did and it's like at the what it stems down to too is like if you water it down it's like we don't have the same definition of respect because I would never let if my mom started going off on her like that I would have been like hello, uh, check yourself. <laughs> Don't talk to my girlfriend like yeah. that. Um, <laughs> and for her, it's like she didn't, she didn't even see that moment as super disrespectful. She just thought it was her mom like getting her ideas off of her chest. When for me, I'm like, your mom is attacking all of my identities. She also went on this rant. How did I forget? Um, she went <laughs> on this rant, this side rant about people wanting to um, when she's talking about liberal snowflakes, she goes on a side rant about, she's like, yeah, so like now people don't want to use the N-word and they want me to start using they, them for them. And her mom, because I, I'm kind of selective over who I tell that like, I like sometimes am comfortable with they, them because I like know that that's still a weird thing for people. And I'm like, you know what, if you see me the way I think, I want you to see me, then fine, we don't have to go into it. But with her mom, I think I was sensing some weirdness. So I was like, I'm not gonna be out to them about this. So then she just goes on this random sidetrack about not wanting to respect people's pronouns. And like I'm like, you don't even realize that like you've attacked me at like all levels <laughs> of my identity. Um <laughs> like every single level. And she basically like wraps it up with saying that if I want her daughter to stay over at my apartment. I live in Brooklyn in Bed-Stuy. She says, well, if you want to stay with Chanel, I need to buy you a gun so that you can take it there whenever you walk into her apartment so that we know that you're safe. What? Because she feels like, she's like, oh yeah, Brooklyn is just like a bunch of hoodlums. And it was the most like twisted, bizarre breakup that was just like, like stemmed around like total disrespect and just like (laughs) (laughs) racism like what so i had three glasses of wine because i just had to like work work through that and like adrian is like this very cute like very like flamboyant gay man and like he was just like (laughs) every time i like shared something it was like jaw dropping in the floor like him like throwing himself everywhere and being like what like (laughs) she said what? (laughs) <laughs> so, um, yeah, I felt like I just needed, like, a drink to get through that Yeah, and then it was really weird because near the end he ended up saying, like, oh, you deserve the rest of this bottle And he, like, pours it all into my cup And I'm, I definitely feel, like, tipsy at this point I'm, like, maybe, like, a little more than tipsy, I'm, like, borderline drunk And I'm, like, hey, you should finish this with me So he takes a sip and then I take a sip And then I remember that the coronavirus is a thing. (laughs) (laughs) And then I get super fucking scared, even though like I love him and I'm like the probability of him having The coronavirus so early in all this is very slim, but I end up panicking for like the next two weeks about, oh my God, like, what if Adrian gave me the coronavirus? Like, how did I take a sip from his drink? Like, (laughs) why did I do that? Um, Because I'm a hypochondriac. yeah and also the coronavirus. Yeah, and also the coronavirus. So, it was it was pretty funny and I literally like recorded two weeks from when I took the sip after him just to make sure like okay, I'm good.
0: When you're drinking with other people, like out and having drinks at a bar, I've always shared drinks with people. Yeah. And I vividly, like, a few nights ago, just, like, remembered all of the details about, like, this night that I went out. And I, like, don't know why. I can't remember. It was, like, <laughs> me just, like, snapping into that memory. But I was, like, why did I share my
1: drinks with so many people? Exactly. It's, like, such a natural thing, I think. And, like, almost like, you know, when, like, you're mixing a drink and then someone's, like, ooh, taste this. It tastes so good. And then you taste yeah. the whole sip. And I'm, like, I'm never do that again <laughs> I just want to like go back and just like
0: like time travel back to every time I've ever been in a bar or a happy hour and just like smack the drinks out of my hands exactly <laughs> like, Don't shoot somebody else drink out of that <laughs> <laughs> once I'm in college I, I took a like somebody had a bottle of maker's mark at a party oh my god I had like something to pr- I was trying to like show off to somebody <laughs> but he was like do you want some and it was like a party with like 50 people it was one of those like huge blowouty kind of things yeah and there were like 100 people outside and like 50 people in the apartment and i was like sure and i just took the bottle from his hands. didn't know him didn't know anybody there and just drank out of it like a dangerous oh B, my sorry. god
1: <laughs> you're like i can't do that now can't do that ever again thank goodness <laughs>
0: what is your current relationship with
1: alcohol um my current relationship with alcohol is actually that i haven't had a drink since that night with adrian um so i haven't had a drink since march 10th so it's been like what is it oh my god almost two months now that's so weird yeah it was actually kind of crazy so two days after i met up with adrian i had like an annual And I had been having like some weird like stomach issues basically like whenever I ate or even when I drank anything that like wasn't water, my stomach was just like reacting super badly to it. And at my annual, my doctor was like, yeah, so you have like really bad acid reflux and you should basically like turn to like an alkaline diet, which is like eating nothing. And she's like, you should totally give up alcohol, coffee, red meat, like all these things that are like, like I didn't even think could cause me to have all these stomach problems like she was even like give up tea and yeah and she was basically like if you keep drinking it's just gonna keep fucking with your stomach because i know when people started quarantining i saw so many people like stocking up on alcohol and i basically was like maybe i can see this as like a moment where like i'm sort of out of these Social situations that are gonna lead me to drink, yeah, and just sort of see how I feel. So it's weird. Like in quarantine, I basically like gone closer to being sober because I haven't had a drink since then. I'm eating vegan now. (laughs) Oh, cool. I haven't had coffee or like caffeine in like, yeah, two months. So I like I've always been interested in being sober and now it was interesting cuz after this like doctor's appointment i was sort of like wait like maybe this is what's going to actually make me do it hearing yeah. that like oh this is actually like hurting you physically and like we all know that like drinking alcohol to a certain extent does that to you but now like having like someone look at me and be like oh no like you have like one glass of alcohol and it's going to make you feel weird like the way you've been feeling like the past few months I weirdly I can track sort of
0: the beginning of me wondering if alcohol was worth it to like to me making a big shift in my diet,
1: yeah, it's total I feel like they come like hand in hand, all yeah, than. but
0: I did whole thirty yeah. in January of twenty nineteen I stopped drinking in in August of twenty nineteen and in January, I like loved. The way that I felt when I ate Whole Foods. I like gave up dairy completely. And I'm lactose intolerant. I should have given up dairy a long time ago.
1: Same. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> um, I started eating like a lot more like vegetables and fruit, just like in general, and so much less processed food. And then that's really when like my reaction to drinking got like weird. Basically, anytime I drank after that, my body was like, no. And so I'd like feel sick, like really sick, when I drank, and then, and then I ended up in the hospital. And now we're here making this podcast.
1: Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) you're like full circle moment. Look at this. Yeah, I feel like it's it's like a it's a step process. It's like I feel like for a few people I know, it's like the first step has been food and making their diet a little cleaner. And then you're like, wait, but like I can. I can, like, push this a little further.
0: I always sort of felt like those people who are, like, oh, I don't drink. Like, I don't know, like, Kim Kardashian, right? Like, mm-hmm. all these, like, athletes and celebrities who are, like, I don't drink or whatever. I've always been, like, oh, well, that's just because you, like, eat super clean or you're, like, some, you're like super into health. Like, that's an unattainable level of commitment to my health. Like, I will never be like that but now I'm sort of like, yeah, I can do that.
1: Like Exactly. And it's crazy too, because I also think what it is, is, or at least like now, like post college, I feel like so much of like reconnecting with friends or like connecting with coworkers is like, oh, do you want to go out for a drink together? Oh, do you want to like go get dinner and like have drinks with it? And I feel like going out to dinner then started becoming like a thing where oh my god we're having dinner together like let's get a glass of wine oh my god we haven't seen each other in forever and we like want to go to a gay bar now great let's go to like Cubby Hole and have four dollar margaritas now in like adult years like socialization also being like hand in hand with alcohol is just like more and more of a thing yeah so i feel like once because i've been like trying i admitted to myself or like I finally admit to myself that I was lactose intolerant, maybe like a year ago. (laughs) Um, So then I was like giving up dairy. Then so many people who like I knew that were vegan were like, oh, giving up dairy is like the hardest part. And like, you've already done it, like, why don't you just eat vegan? And then I was like, wait, like, yeah. And then, like, after that, I was like, wow, like, now I'm, I, I'm giving up red meat. I'm giving up all these other things that my doctor says I can give up. Why can't I give up alcohol?
0: I eat mostly, like, gluten-free because my mom is gluten-free and I'm staying with her right now. And I don't eat dairy and I don't drink. And, when I, t- and I also don't eat a lot of sugar because it gives me migraines and that sucks.
1: Um, <laughs> migraines are horrendous. <laughs> they're the worst.
0: And uh, I, I also think a little bit. Because I have had all this extra time because coronavirus um to like sit and just think about my life, I've been thinking a lot about how i how alcohol might have been actually like a migraine trigger for me, and that's why my reactions were so bad to it was because it was but, like also giving me migraines on top of a normal hangover
1: i I also get migraines and I feel like, yeah, even in the past few months, my migraines have gotten a lot worse. yeah, but I haven't even connected that to alcohol, and like maybe it like is a thing like maybe.
0: I could be totally wrong, but like I, I had a migraine a few days ago.
1: Because I only I now I'm really
0: lucky. I only got them like like twice a month. And I used to get yeah. them like once a week, which you know, we're we're going we're going in a good direction.
1: <laughs> like it's slowly becoming less of a thing.
0: Oh <laughs> yeah. um, I take like CBD oil every day and that helped a nice. lot. Um, but I like had a migraine a few days ago. And I was like, why does this feel like I'm hungover? And then <laughs> I was like, like,
1: wait wait a second. <laughs> they do feel yeah. very similar. Like the sort of pounding, like headache. Like yeah. you don't even want to look at light. Like you just, just oh, want to like stay in and like hide under the covers.
0: And also with my migraines, I get dizzy. Oh, Sometimes, fuck. If it's like a really bad one, I'm just like, mm, I don't even want to like stand up. And then it feels it's like that's room the room spinning. And I'm like, oh no. <laughs>
1: You're like, I'm hungover.
0: (laughs) I'm hungover. My brain just wants this to happen, apparently. Oh my god,
1: that's the worst. uh,
0: Yeah, but migraines are so bad. And if alcohol is a migraine trigger, more of a reason for me to stay away from it. Yeah,
1: same. I only really have one regret while being drunk. And weirdly, like, a lot of these memories are in college, which I find... Interesting because I've been drinking since college, but yeah, so I think um, I had been working on a show In senior year and I met this girl. She was on the um, production team and She kept talking about orphan black and like Tegan and Sarah and I was like this girl's trying to tell me she's gay <laughs> but That's all I know and I thought she was super cute. I thought she had like an amazing work ethic and she was just like the kind of production manager that like just like jumps right into things and like is willing to like step into any role that's like needed. And basically we had had um, like all the infamous purchase like cast parties where shit clearly goes down. <laughs> I remember it being like really cold and we were all out on my apartment steps. Everyone was like, "Oh, let's do it at your place just cuz like my apartment was like clean." And when we were outside, it was just, like, the whole group of us. But I am, like, clearly cold. And she, like, says in front of everyone, like, oh, hey, like, come on. Like, let me, like, like we can totally cuddle and, like, I'll warm you up. Warm you up." And she was just, like, really sweet. And, like, we stood there. And, like, I, I think I would do that with a lot of friends. Like, if I saw a friend cold, I'd go and, like, give them a hug or, like, hold them or give them little pats because I'm just like that. And she was doing it, but then she, like, is talking really closely to my face. And someone had made some sort of comment, and I was like, this girl is clearly, like, actively flirting with me. And I think I go inside for, like, a drink, and some of our friends who were, like, out there with us had, like, texted me, like, Oh, my God, like, you and her would be so cute. Like, you guys should, like, totally be a thing. Um, And a few people had, like, dropped it during, like, the rehearsal process. Um, and I guess because just like I think, like on paper, she's like exactly what I say I'm looking for in a partner. Just like she is funny, and she is like into like very similar music, and like into theater. Um, and we're both sort of like on the like you know we're not the actors, we're the people in the background. And yeah. I was like, so she gets that like you know I am working a lot and. We, like, had very similar upbringings and, like, very similar sort of, like, family situations. So I thought that she was great. And there was even, like, part of me that was, like, I was, like, okay, like, I'm attracted to this. But, like, I don't really... I feel like in gay world, there's, like, this thing where I'm, like, I feel like I'm almost, like, attracted to, like, all the gay people I know. But, like, am I attracted to you or is this gay? Is this just that we're gay friends? Or is it that I'm attracted to you? That's what it is. Oh my god, yeah. That's such a thing. And I think I was like in that weird thing where I was like, okay, so am I attracted to you or are we just gay friends? And the show like rehearsal process was like very, very quick. So I had only like been around her for like two or three weeks. So I didn't really know like where I stood. But basically like all of our friends start like egging me on to like hook up with her and I had just been through like a really shitty breakup and had like been trying to work through that and she was just like super great but I end up like trying to drink a little bit more because I'm like okay like I like don't really feel like I want to hook up with her right now but like maybe if I drink more I will even like knowing that that was like a thing that went through my head like makes me feel a little crummy And like, I keep drinking, keep drinking. And then slowly, like, it was like super late. I think it was like three in the morning or something. So people like start leaving. Then it's just me and her and um, my roommate and the person my roommate was seeing. And then they're like, so we'll leave you guys. I'm like, sort of like winked at us. And I was like, oh, fucking shit. Um, And they like go into the room and it's just like us on my like couch like we sit there for like another hour just like drinking and i could tell that she's like trying to like do something but i felt really awkward and i think it was just like my gut saying like oh you're not actually into this but then like i just kept like drinking because i was like no like you'll be into it like you're just like nervous then i was like no no, no, like i don't like or like do i like how this is feeling yes like do do i want this to go anywhere like the next day she ended up being like super cute, and like I think she like thought it was gonna like go somewhere because like clearly, like, oh wait, like she just hooked up with me, like she must be into me too, and like like I ended up like ghost like ghosting her for like a few weeks after that, and it was like so I just don't even feel good about it. It's crazy because like we're friends now, um, <laughs> and because that's gay culture too um and <laughs> I think she just realized and I think she like we sort of like had like a quick chat about it but we never went like in depth into it and I think she just realized that like I was like clearly not at the place where like I should have been hooking up with people. I don't re- like I I regret like I don't regret hooking up with her. I regret like hooking up with her for like the wrong reasons like because like I respect her and I like love her as a person and like, I don't like that I feel like I sort of, like, strung her along a little bit. I feel like I just wish I would have sort of, like, followed my gut a little bit more and just, like, would have not done that. Yeah, she, like, we hung out, like, a few weeks ago, and, like, she, th- like, threw out this comment, like, about, because um, I was telling her about my current relationship, and she was just like, okay, like, just make sure that, like, you don't, like, like that like you stay focused on her because we know you like lose interest in someone in like two seconds and I was like oh fuck (laughs) 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 and I was like oh you're you're talking about that right (laughs) I'm happy we're like still friends because I think we get along really well but I think yeah I think had I not been drunk I definitely don't think we would have like hooked up because I think like sober me would have been like, oh no, like, no, you yeah. don't
0: actually want this. I have a wildly similar story. There's a girl who um was like in my friend circle and I had just been through some weird stuff with like other people and was yeah. very like, how do I get back in the game? I guess. Yes, exactly. And then my friends were like, oh my god, this girl, she's interested in you. She's gonna be at the party that we're gonna be at. You two should totally like hook up, and I was like, "Easy target, I guess." Target is such a terrible word, but like like, easy, 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 like easy hook up. Yes, much better way to put it. I like went to the party. She was interested in me. She made it very clear as soon as I (laughs) walked in. She had been drinking. I had been drinking. I drank more because I get super anxious about like hooking up with people. Yeah, same. Which doesn't make any sense, also, side note, because like drinking makes hookups way stupider. (laughs)
1: It's (laughs) exactly, yeah. I don't know where I was like, this is gonna help, like, because it was really going to,
0: we're told it's gonna help and it's not helpful, yeah. Um, but then we we like hooked up and she was like, stay over with me in my like dorm room in big house, which oh my god, yeah. (laughs) And I was like, no. <laughs> oh, and also, I guess for people listening, the names of the stuff that we're saying, like the old and big house are like dorm room, <laughs> dorm buildings. at yeah.
1: <laughs> And neither of them are cute dorm rooms to be hooking nope. up with anyone in.
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, no, big house. I was like, I just was like, no, I'm not going to stay over because I had sober enough enough, sobered up enough to be like, oh no, she likes me.
1: Oh. She like likes me, likes
0: me. And I was like, I have no feelings, no significant feelings at all.
1: Oh my god, it's so hard, because that's why it's I was like, so yeah, it's like, I realized, I was like, I don't have feelings like she does, and like, yeah, and then I felt bad, because it was like, early, and the whole like, like, she had lived on, like, I forgot where she was, but I, if it, if like, I was in the old, then she was, like, in, like, the new, like, it was, like, a little bit of a trek. And I was just, like, oh, like, I don't want to, like, force her to go back to her dorm room, and also, like, this yeah. is my dorm room, so, like, I can't leave, and, like, <laughs> to, like, but it's just so hard, because that's what it is, it's, like, you're, we're taught that, oh, yes, like, alcohol will help this situation, when really it's just, like, yeah, gonna make it explode! <laughs> oh my god, what a shit show!
0: What an absolute shit show!
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, so funniest drinking story was actually like not while drinking; it was like after the fact. Um, but basically, I lived across the street from this like amazing group of guys in my senior year, and they're still like great friends of mine. We had, basically my apartment would go over and we'd just spend the night with them like drinking and like just catching up about our days. Um, And my roommate ended up getting very, very happily drunk. um, But to the point where like they needed to be like physically carried back to our apartment. And they were just like so wasted. And I had actually, like, gone home before them, but, like, I had heard from, like, the guys that they were, like, I think I, like, wake up to a text that says, oh, my God, we had to, like, carry them home, but, like, thankfully got them there. So I go to bed, and in the morning, I wake up to that text, and when I head to the bathroom, I get in there, and I notice that literally every single bath product, and this is, like, worth, like, Four roommates worth of stuff is just in the bottom of the tub (laughs) and I'm literally like what the fuck (laughs) I'm like half asleep and instantly my head is like oh my god was like was there an earthquake last night and like we're in New York like I don't know where I thought (laughs) that there would just be like a random and I know there was like one earthquake like forever ago but like I don't know where my head made that connection i end up like taking everything out of the tub and like put everything back in its place and i just keep going about my day but suddenly i hear my roommate who was happily drunk the night before and i hear them wake up and open the door and i rush to their room to see them and they're standing there in like a total daze Um, their shirt is literally like half on, half off, so like their literal like boob is just hanging out of their shirt, and they're just standing there looking at me, and they say, um, I woke up with my shirt half off, and my bra is wet, and my pants are soaking on the floor, and I was like, what the fuck, and they were like, did, did I try to shower last night? And I look at them, and I start laughing fucking hysterically. And I'm like, dude, I thought there was a fucking earthquake. And it was just you. <laughs> like, it was you knocking all of our fucking shit down. And they were like, oh, my God, yeah. Like, I think I tried to shower. And, like, I fell and, like, knocked everything down. And it's, like, such, like, a stupid story. But, like, I think about that story all the fucking time whenever I'm, like, go into my bathroom and, like, a cat like knocked something down, and there's just something at the bottom of the tub, and I'm like, "Oh my God, like there was an earthquake, even though. <laughs> <laughs> I know there wasn't <laughs> Oh, my God, this is the worst slash scariest. So I think definitely like the worst that like was kind of the scariest um, memory I have with drinking was when I was at my apartment and I got a call from a really good friend of mine and um, he was crying like really intensely. Like I could barely even like hear what he was trying to say to me. Um, And I know he like battles with depression and like I was just really nervous of where his headspace was at and I wanted to know why he was upset. And I was like, hey, do you want me to like come to your apartment? Like, where are you? And he was just like, listen, and he's like crying and he's telling me that he's like drunk and alone and he's feeling really bad. Um, yeah, like I offered to come find him. Um, and he's like, no, 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 no. Like maybe I just need to like get some fresh air. Like I'll come find you. So he gets to my place and he's like slowly starting to sober up. And he was basically just telling me about how he felt like he was in a really dark place. And yeah, I think he was like starting to notice that he shouldn't really be drinking alone because like that's where he goes like his head instantly like takes him to like this place that he knows he like doesn't need to be but it's that thing where like you know maybe for a second you think oh alcohol's going to make me feel better and it just like sends you spiraling so he is there with me and um after a few minutes he like is, is starts saying like he like he has to show me something but like he doesn't want me to be upset and like he, like, starts to take off his jacket and he pulls up his sleeves and he had just, like, cut himself, like, all, like, along the side of his arm. And it was, like, you know, everyone has their own sort of, like, ship with self-harm. But, like like, seeing someone that you love, you know, being in that, being, like, in the middle of that, it was, like, really hard for me. And, you know, then you also, like, in that moment want to be strong for them because like it's not about you like it's like about being there for them literally like he just like as he sobered up i basically like just got like my little like first aid kit and like cleaned him up and we like sat there and i feel like he just needed to just like be with someone needed to just like cry with someone i could tell that he wanted like some distraction and like didn't want to sit in it anymore so we ended up watching a gaycation the show with ellen page and her going to like gay city that is a show that like we would watch together so it like started to cheer him up and like he spent like the next few nights at my place and it it ended up being like like really good and yeah he's like a brother to me so i think him in, in that moment was like really fucking scary. Um I I like shake just thinking about it.
0: Sounds really terrifying.
1: Yeah, it's like and it's like one of your friends and like, you know, it's that moment yeah. where you're like, oh fuck, like I'm I'm really happy that he felt safe enough to be with me in that moment.
0: That story, thank you so much for sharing that. First off. Um yeah. that story just reminded me that that's of some of the moments when I felt the most like helpless Mm -hmm. my life have been the moments where my friends have been extremely low and but they've also been on some sort of substance like whether it's alcohol or they're like I don't know just like simply like a high because they've been like smoking weed or they've taken something stronger and there's literally nothing you can do but just like wait out their their intoxication
1: yeah you just have to, like, ride it out with them. Like, it's that scary moment where you're like, oh, fuck. Like, are you going to make it through this? Like, yeah. like, where's the end to it? And it almost feels like there isn't an end. But, like, then you reach it and you're like, thank fucking God.
0: On a more positive note. <laughs>
1: <laughs> my best memory. Your best memory. Um, so my best memory was totally on a day that I drank past my limits. But it was, like, maybe, I think, like, the first time I had ever gotten, like, super drunk. Um, and it was during freshman year. And I, like, I don't, I feel like a lot of people I knew for some reason had had alcohol before college. But, like, I had never had alcohol before college. I remember, like, my group of friends um, getting all the, like, super, like, cheap, gross shit that you could get from, like, CT Licks. And, like... I think it was um, like flavored pinnacle, and that's like even just thinking about it now is so disgusting. Like I can't, I can't even I'm like, how did I drink that? But we basically ended up hanging out in like this um, sweet and far side, and like far side, another gross place. Um, <laughs> but I remember, um, I got yeah, I was definitely drunk. It was my first time being drunk, and I also think I'm one of those people that, like, whenever I'm drunk, people, like, say that they can't really tell, but, like, I am I just laugh a little bit more. At the time, I think I was coming to terms with, like, being queer, um, because I was definitely, like, super closeted before then. And I remember one of my friends at the ta- time, who later became my partner, was there, and I, like, thought that they were super attractive and We were really great friends and um, yeah, I think they saw that I was like a little too tipsy and they walked me just like down the hall to my room and um, just like laid in bed with me and like chatted with me for a while. And I have like such like a vivid memory of their face and just like us like chatting. And we're both like really, I think touchy people and like very cuddly people. So they were just like, and it's back when I had like really long hair, which like feels like forever ago now. (laughs) But um, I like had such long hair and I remember they just like were laughing with me and like they like ran their fingers through my hair and were giving me like these like little pats. Um, And it was just so sweet. And yeah, so like a few months later, they became my partner. Um, But that is, like, one of the, I think, one of the, like, my favorite, like, memories with them. Like, I doubt they remember it. Like, I'm surprised I even remember it. (laughs) But um, (laughs) it was, like, for some reason, I think it's maybe, like, one of the, like, sweetest memories I, like, keep with me from, like, college. Aww. Yay. Yeah. Yeah.
0: There are these very sweet moments that I, I remember from from very specifically college and drinking at college of, like, alcohol being the thing that allowed me to be more, like, intimate with my friends. Yeah. Which now I can just do because I'm, like, <laughs> an, an adult person and, like, also,
1: yes. <laughs> like, went through a period of
0: growth, you know? <laughs> yes. But like I I feel like that was something that really... like um it unlocked this like new level for me of like being able to be like very very close with people yeah I do have some very nice memories of that time period very specifically
1: yeah I think it's it's something about it like I think if anything like I feel like I sort of taught myself how to bring that into moments where I'm sober because I feel like now I'm I'm that person you know yeah just in general like I'm a like Touchy person, if I know my friend is comfortable with like me being touchy and like I'm a cuddly person I'm, like I want to hug people and I want to make um, I sort of like since have learned like oh wait, you don't need alcohol to experience that moment, yeah. Which is like gonna let very... my cat out of the room because <laughs> he's being very loud right now, um, but yeah, keep going.
0: I literally don't remember,
1: you lost it,
0: yeah, but I was so excited. To hear your cat honestly
1: i know <laughs> um his name is harry potter <laughs>
0: oh my god
1: and he's like a sweet little persian and he was just like sleeping in here and then he remembered that i exist outside of the <laughs> and he was like i am leaving right now <laughs> oh my god i love that <laughs>
0: if you drink slash used to drink recently, um, what have you done to stay safe while you've been drinking?
1: I think I've gotten really good at like listening to my body and sort of like where my limits are. And I think that in part happened when I like changed my diet because I'm like, oh wait, like I'm eating this thing. It makes me feel bad. But now I sort of like, like I know that I'm a little bit of a lightweight. So I know that like, Two drinks in, I'm probably already tipsy (laughs) and I'm probably like getting towards being drunk. I think I try to sort of like listen to where my limit is and like I actively try not to like push past them or I try to just like stay aware of where that limit is. Yeah, so I know that like, you know, if I have one shot, I'm probably good for a little bit. I don't need to have another shot right after. So I think I've gotten really good at that. I've also gotten really good at drinking water <laughs> while I'm also drinking alcohol. And then everyone's like, Chanel, you drink so slow. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, because I have a totally other drink that's like not alcohol that I'm also drinking right now. Um, yeah, so I think I also, oh, also if I know I'm gonna drink at night, like I'll have a like heavy meal or something because I don't want to be... I don't want to like drinking my stomach. So, like, little things like that, I think, I try to do just so that I, like, know that I'm, like, not gonna get
0: drunk. Because I've stopped drinking for so long. I've noticed that the... I haven't had to eat as much food at night. Yes. Yeah. Because I have to, like, counterbalance, like, drinking yes. with Food, and so a lot of people are like, "Oh my god, you save so much money by not buying alcohol." And I'm like, "No, you don't understand. I save so much money because I also, on top of buying alcohol, I'm not like, oh my god, I also need to like order chicken nuggets." Exactly, because
1: that is such a fucking thing. It's like I'm like, oh fuck, like, oh wait, I realize I'm starting to feel tipsy. I'm getting a little drunk. So then I'd like order a meal if I'm like out at a bar. Yeah, wait, I don't need to be eating at 11 p.m. (laughs) I don't need to be like going to a diner at like two AM to have like a burger and fries. Like <laughs> that yeah. doesn't need to happen anymore. It's amazing.
0: And it's also kind of like it's sort of funny because it's like uh it's you need to do it when you're Yeah, drinking. You have to like you have to eat. And it took me a while to be like, Izzy, just because it's eleven thirty on a Friday does not mean that you need fries.
1: <laughs> It's such a thing. It's like it's pretty crazy because I feel like that's where it almost feels like you know, you're like you're having the munchies, but it's like alcohol. And I'm like instantly when I'm drinking, I'm like, damn, like I wanna have something good to eat. Um yeah. yeah. So it's it it does help. Now I'm just like I feel like I'm just more aware of things. So I don't need to like yeah, I haven't been like overeating at night and I <laughs> I'm just like, wait, I only need to have one <laughs> that's it.
0: You are having an active conversation with yourself about not drinking. Yeah. Um. So as you're in the middle of this conversation, have you thought about stopping full stop or like, what do you think about drinking again?
1: Yeah, I think, I feel like I'm going to try full stop. I feel like it's very easy for me now. It's like easy for me to say it now because I'm like not going outside. I'm not seeing people. I'm like not socializing in that way. And I'm, I'm like, even like my workplace I've like after reflecting I feel like my workplace has definitely become a um place where I drink the most which is really weird for me but only because I I definitely work for one of those like companies that um like you see in like the tv shows that it's like we're not a startup but like it's like startup where like the office is like super fucking beautiful and like my office literally has every friday they put out um alcohol for everyone at 4 pm and you can literally drink there like the rest of the night um so i know people who will like invite their friends over like so we have um my office has a rooftop and we're like in the middle of soho um so like there's such a like drinking culture at my job um I think now I can easily say like oh wait I want to be sober because I'm not at work but I do really want to like the last few months I think I was actively trying to stop and like um like I'm a part of a whiskey club but I don't drink whiskey when I'm there I just go to socialize (laughs) which is weird (laughs) and like at first I would like go and drink whiskey and then I like had to admit to myself that I don't like whiskey. So I'm like, why am I drinking that? But I'm like, oh my God, all my friends go. So I still go now. Um <laughs> and now I'm like, I think the last few weeks when I finally was like, wait, I don't like whiskey, I was going and not drinking, and they were all drinking and it was fine. So I think I do want to, I think wine is a thing that I'm always like, oh like I just love a glass of wine. But I do want to sort of like challenge myself, I think, to continue sort of like this, this like sober experience, because even in the last like two weeks, and clearly, like, there's a lot of things that I've given up, like caffeine and like, like, (laughs) a lot of non-vegan things. Um, But it's like, I do feel a lot better. Like, I feel like I'm waking up a lot easier. And... I feel like my skin looks better. (laughs) I feel like less, I feel like I just want to sort of like work on feeling less pressured by what everyone else around me is doing. Because I think sometimes that happens like so naturally. I feel like sometimes, you know, I feel like we do it like subconsciously where we want to like mirror the people that we're around. And it's like, oh, wait, if I'm in a group of five people and I'm the only one not drinking, I feel weird. But I feel like I'm trying to sort of be like, no, like, you don't feel weird, you feel fine, like, and sort of like work through that headspace. Because I know that drinking doesn't make me feel good, especially with like my stomach issues. So I feel like now having like given it a go even these like two months and sort of like now knowing that it does like physically hurt my stomach a lot more than it did before. Yeah, it's that whole thing where, like, I want to say that, like, I'm sober, but like, like we were chatting about earlier, it's sort of like, that label being something for other people and meaning something else. and But I'm also like, who gives a fuck about what that person thinks me being sober means? Yeah. So I feel like it's about just... Being like, oh, I want to do this for me. And that can go like label or unla- like labeled or unlabeled. But I do want to feel like confident to be like, oh, wait, I'm sober without then feeling pressure from people to then drink. Or Because I think for my friends, when I, I, I'm not on this road to recovery because I don't have like this triggering past with alcohol. I feel like they're like, oh, you know, but you can have a drink right now. Like, oh, my God, but just like have this drink with me. Because they know that I'm just giving it up for, like, my health. Where, like, I want to feel, like, confident enough to be, like, you know what? I, like, I don't want that drink video. And if I like the taste of wine, I recently discovered via Instagram that there is an alcohol-less wine (laughs) company (laughs) (laughs) that, like, I was considering, like, giving a go. Because I'm like, oh, I do like the taste of wine. And like, I have a friend who like also recently gave up alcohol, and she was like, "Yeah, the hardest thing for me was giving up wine." And then I found this company, and I love it. Um, oh my God. So I almost like, yeah, I think I just wanna, yeah, I wanna like remember that it's like being sober is just about me, not about what everyone else thinks it means for me. I feel like a lot of people that I talk
0: to who've given up drinking are like, wine is the last thing that they. Claim
1: yeah. To. <laughs> You're like, no, it's, and it's like, I love me. Like my favorite drink, my drink of choice is like a red sangria. Mm. So like, I'm always like, no, but I don't want to give that up. And like, but that's why so many people that I know who have given it up recently are always like, that's the hardest thing. And I'm like, wait, I haven't had wine in like two months now. Like I can just keep going. Yeah. So I just want to feel like, I want to feel like less phased of the people around me and I know it's like easier said than done but I think it's just like about like rewiring my headspace a little bit and just being like wait like who gives a fuck what this person thinks about me not drinking right now
0: I'd say like the hardest honestly the hardest thing for me was that like was a not caring about what other people thought and then b acknowledging that some of my relationships were inevitably going to change yes. because they were based on drinking yes. and like so that's why like my coworkers don't invite me to like our coworker hangs no matter how close we are or how close we were i used to be invited to people's apartments to party and like hang out but um then i stopped drinking and then they found out that i stopped drinking and then they were like oh my god you can't hang anymore it's so weird And so they were, like, I was a part of this friend group and we were, like, getting really close and, like, but honestly, like, I, after a lot of reflection, I realized that our relationship was definitely just based on the fact that we could hang at, like, happy hour. That's
1: why I think it's, yeah, I think I'm starting to have that a little bit where I'm sort of, yeah, because I have, I had this thing where, like, I always wanted to have, like, like, I wanted to have my, like, Queer, like close, tight knit group of friends that I went out to like gay clubs with, and then I realized mm-hmm. that like all of my friends are queer, like, like the majority of them are, and then I was like, "Bitch, you already have that. You just don't go out clubbing with them." Um, yeah. But um, I was like starting to form that with like my office has like a very like small amount of out like queer women, and then we were all sort of like, "Oh, hey, we see you like." And we started to go out together, and um, we'd go out to, like, all the, like, lesbian bar nights. Then I realized that when I started to feel, or when they could see that I was, like, putting a limit on myself, that it started to feel a little strange. And they, like, still go out, like, or not since the quarantine, but, like, they go out, like, two, three times a week to go out drinking at, like, some lesbian bar. And... For me, I'm just like, no, like, I don't really want to do that anymore. Um, So they're, like, all still a crew, but, like, I don't go anymore. And it definitely, like, feels weird, but I'm also like, okay, so that just means, like, our friendship was about wanting to go to this club and just, like, getting fucked up. Like, I don't need that shit. Also, like,
0: going out and expectations of your social life being built around that. Like, I stopped drinking at the start of my lease with my two Mm -hmm. roommates. And they're both people who like love going out. We chose our apartment because it was like near Happy Fun Highway. Yes. And like, <laughs> oh my God, wait, what's that bar that's right next to Happy Fun? Birdie's. And like, it's like basically around the corner from House of Yes. And so we were like, yeah, <laughs> let's do it. Let's sign this lease We're in a neighborhood where we'll have access to all of these things. And it's like literally a two second walk away from Mood Ring and like all of these places. And then I was like, oops. I'm your sober roommate now like I was your just roommate who just didn't drink a lot and now I'm just your roommate who doesn't drink Mm -hmm. at all and there was like a weird amount of strain on my relationship with my roommates who.
1: it's so hard
0: yeah because they would be like do you want to come out and I'd be like maybe not right now like and then
1: also like yeah I want to go out and I want to go to house of yes and I want to dance and like I don't need to drink to do that like yeah yeah, because I think sometimes it's like because that's what I've also realized like I would always go to these poppy juice parties like at elsewhere and I love poppy juice mm-hmm. so much and when I started drinking less I could tell that some people stopped inviting me and I was like I still want to dance with you <laughs> I just don't want to get wasted
0: yeah and it's like I still love dancing and I still love like going to Mood Ring and listening to terrible DJs and <laughs> to yes. make the best <laughs> of it and I love going to happy fun hideaway and like dancing to like caroline Polish yes. in like the corner <laughs> because that's the new thing to do <laughs> i love just like being out there and like doing stuff but some people are like oh you don't drink so that's weird or like, you don't drink so you're judging me for drinking or something and i'm like i don't care as long as i don't have to take care of you like that's not my new yeah job. exactly
1: and i've also been like i've been starting to do the thing where um I'll get like a glass of water when I'm out with people and they're drinking mm-hmm. because I think it's also this thing about like not having something in your hand at a bar yes. where like people are like yeah. oh wait why aren't you drinking so then like now I have water and like I'm like I could tell that people are like what is that like and they don't know what it is and I'm like that's fine <laughs> you don't have to know what's in my drink yeah, yeah just like I don't need to know what's in yours but I feel like that's <laughs> been helping. Because now I have this thing in my hand, especially at, like, parties, like, house parties with, like, solo cups, because I'm like, you literally can't tell what's in this cup, (laughs) but, like, you think I'm doing the same thing you're doing. Um, Yeah, it's, like, weirdly having to, like, blend in, but also, like, knowing that you're not, (laughs) like, you don't have alcohol, but they do. Oh
0: my god. Yeah, somebody made a comment to me, they're like, wow, you're, like, drinking a lot tonight, and I was like, oh, no, this is water. i'm like the most hydrated person
1: here Literally, i feel like it's made me way more hydrated
0: oh yeah my skin is happy exactly. I'm exactly my here. skin is
1: so much more clear now i love it oh, so
0: <laughs> thank you again to chanel for a great conversation and thank you for listening my name is izzy diaz i record edit and produce this podcast if you want to follow us on social media, you can find the podcast on Instagram at Lowercase Sober. And again, if you want to support the podcast, you can visit us at patreon.com forward slash Lowercase Sober. Shout out to our current Patreon members, Ali, Mo, Ali, and Sarah, for supporting the podcast. Thank you so much. Resources are in the description if you or a loved one is struggling with alcohol dependence. Sending lots of love.